Welcome to Life Lessons with Jim Carolla and Ray Oldhofer. Okay, hi, uh, podcasters. Um, as we start today, I kind of have some bad news for those that um, are really involved. That um, this show has not been, I think, financially paying for itself the best as I could understand. Money, a show that's losing money. Um, and it sounds like the the process in here that shows that are not paying for themselves and losing money um, really need to be replaced or stopped. So there's not a continuation of losing money. So um, whatever went wrong with that, whether I didn't make that a strong enough appeal, um, didn't make the intent strong enough, let's say that, so to that degree, it's my fault. Um, so uh, it's uh, it's hard. It's a hard situation. Um, of course, um, I think we were talking about things uh, important and um, things that um, uh, could have been help for you, helpful to you, and. Uh, Helpful to me in that I get a chance to think about this. I put a lot, I put a lot of, I put a lot of time and work into it at the content level, 
not at the management level. Um, there are programs where there's the, there are like the, the talent or the people doing something, and then there's the management people that take care of the money coming in or what it is. And as we know, television shows that go off the air, even though they could be very good, um, but they didn't make the population count. So something like that went on at this level. And there are, there are other levels of it um, that I hope to work out with Adam that uh, might help. I'm, I'm going to use this as a positive as, as far as there's nothing I can do really to prolong it. Um, it seems like it had run the gamut. And people agree that it it's not carrying its weight. So... But I'm going to try to do a positive part of it, too, by, number one, taking the responsibility for it. Um, certainly, um, um, uh, Gary and Ray uh, worked at this, and they reminded you a lot. You remember that. Um, so they did their best, too, uh, for this to go on. All right, now... Um, I thought I would do just a little summary, um, and um, maybe say how maybe ask Gary and Ray how they're doing with this. What, what does this mean for you, Ray? Well, uh, it really profoundly saddens me. I mean, I know the last month or so, I've really put you through the rigors with my own personal stuff on this show, you know. I've thrown you off balance and kind of went after you. I apologize for that, by the way. Okay. But I do think the content and what you're bringing is uh, valuable, you know, and I, and I hate to see that part of it go. I think it's worth something, you know, and to see that it's discounted, you know, at a couple of different levels is... It, you know, it's just a hard thing to bear. It's a hard mm -hmm. thing to look at. But, um, you know, I enjoyed doing it uh, for the most part, except for the last month. <laughs> but for the most part, I've really enjoyed, you know, spending the time with you. And, you know, I wish we got a little different, more cahoots on some of it. But, you know, I get, I get it. And I'm glad you got to bring what you did. And I hope some people benefited from it. But for me, I'm I'm going to be sad to see it go, regardless of you know what I might be feeling about you. I think it's definitely a worthwhile thing. Okay, <clears throat> Gary, final thought from you. I've really enjoyed working on this show. It's it's unique, especially for uh, Ace Broadcasting. You know, most of our shows are comedic or uh, you know focused on a topic like. Uh, construction or, or cars or parenting, but uh, this is an this was an introspective thing that I thought was a, a voice that was kind of lacking from the network. Um, so I, I think that it's it's definitely a, a sad day. None of us really wanted it to go, but um, you know, at a certain point, it became a business decision, and I wish that wasn't the case. But uh, I've enjoyed the time that I have worked on it, and. I, I hope the people have enjoyed it and they'll still be able to find it online and 
to those of you who did donate via PayPal, thank you so much. We it, it kept this going longer than uh, than it may have. So so thank you, and you're, it was not in vain. Okay, well, thank both of you, and we'll continue this on some level. Um, but as an opening, uh, thank you both for for being candid about what you feel and see. And the point that Gary just made that it's the one show that's um, that has that's insight oriented and personal growth oriented, and um, and that could be of help to people. Well, the other shows certainly have their pluses. They're funny and they're informative. And, but this took a, a deeper look. Um, Too bad only 3,000 people wanted to take a deeper look. <laughs> Fuck, man. Come on. Uh. Okay, so maybe just a couple of thoughts we can throw around in here. So what, what was I trying to say? Really, I can't sum it up in such a short time. But the general theme of the show, as I see it, was to invite listeners to join us in an exploration toward a psychology of awakening to a higher thing. There's a lot of psychologies that don't have a higher, they don't have a consciousness part. They have the part of the body of mind and psyche, and, and they're very important um, but they don't add a, a higher consciousness as a goal. <clears throat> so we kind of added that. Um, the awakening of a higher consciousness. And my first conscious act is to know my cycle of mechanicalness. And let me stress that a little bit. How mechanical I am to see myself blindly obeying um, these these um, um, attractions and repulsions, and even if I don't think they're right, they have such a hold over me that I can't do anything about it. To realize my own passivity and my inertia just to stay within that pattern. See, now that's something important to actually catch myself. The inertia, compulsion, or a repulsion, attracted to it, or run from it, caught, caught in that. Yeah, that big thing of the avoidance and attachment, and how close, how they're hand in hand, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you can see yourself and get a little distance from yourself and see how you might not be running your own show. Mm -hmm. Right. Remember we, somewhere early in the show we talked a lot about uh, willpower and kind of a, examined that possibility about checking in on ourselves and see if we're carrying out that. Is there something in my life that has some control of the appetites or not? And as a rule we see they they don't. And the turbulence of mind, the utter turbulence of mind, I know that um, even when I found out this show was over, that a certain kind of chewing on it, a certain kind of restlessness of trying to understand it and far beyond anything 
uh, rational or creative. I just I just chewed it and chewed it over and over again. That's a mind that, and I realized I, as I work to um, to get some distance from it, it's the work I do because I am meditating and different other things. I was able to do it to some degree, but I saw that turbulence of mind. And I saw that I had to take this MRI a month or so ago. Now, once I knew it, how a certain churning begun and grinded away, I continued to work with it and continued to do the practices, but I saw the power of that. So that turbulence of mind um, is one that we have to begin to look at, and that's what this show began to say. So whatever the obstacles in our personal psychology are, our compulsions, our repulsions, our attachments, that block me from experiencing a deeper intimacy and love, we need to see that. We need to see that blockage. Now we start with ideas. That's all we can do on the show. Then we move toward the cultivation of a mental understanding. So at the beginning, I was just going through the traditions and trying to say what worked for a little bit. We really didn't get it finished yoga. But particularly in, in um, Buddhism. Yeah. Um, Buddhism and a hundred years of Western psychology. We kind of dabbled into all of that. Um, um, that, that understanding and using the practice of, of from ordinary mechanical thinking, we tried to show and let us see the mechanicalness of our thinking, our emotions, our reactivities that lead to develop. Um, we need to develop a relationship with our body and bring that in the work. And this work here talked a little bit about the connection between body mind. And one of the important steps it took from Buddhism, some of the others, others is the mind must step back. The mind cannot just go on in that um, treacherous way that it does. The power of the mind is to step back lies at the very root of any serious attempt to bring great ideas into our life. It's impossible with that treacherous mind. So we worked on that and we thought about that. I just gave an example of that in my own life. Um, all attempts at higher consciousness will end up in daydreams unless we get some control of that mind. That's a big idea. No matter what we do, no matter how we're fooling ourselves, unless we get some control of that mind, it's a daydream. And that was important, I thought, to know. So that idea of stepping back, and I told you the difficulty I had with it and trying to step, and I've, I mean, I'm 80 years old and I've been playing a lot of dues in this world, and it was a battle to get any room between that and that obsessive thinking. You know, when I worked in the prisons, um, no, everything's a matter of degrees where people take this. But there was a prisoner that um, was in really a bad way. He was in solitary confinement. Um, but in a robbery, 
He killed two young people. And what he had in his mind as an obsessive line that he couldn't get out of was uh, do it. In fact, in fact, it was only two or three words, but I remember, do it. And even in the midst of the robbery, <clears throat> when that compulsion took over, and a part of him tried to hold and said, now what are you, what are you going to do? You're going to get $50 out of this and you're kill two young people who are willing to give you the money? He killed them anyway. That's kind of what you're saying that we're doing, you know, to ourselves. Yeah, on a different level, yeah. Right. Because in the world, of, when I was in the prisons, there was a much higher level. They were on death row. And, uh, but they realized it. You know, the interesting thing about the prisons, when, when I would get a chance to get to a level like this, they almost would say, if I had to give a general sense, why didn't somebody help me with this? Why wasn't there some intervention, fourth grade teacher, some damn thing? that I had to reach this end and this hell that I'm living in and heading towards um, the death chamber. Do you remember um, that book, Sybil? Yeah, the title sounds familiar. The one with the woman, she had like these 16 or 17 different personalities. And oh, she was, yeah. Like we're all kind of Sybil, except we don't know it. <laughs> oh. She didn't know it either. I mean, she had to be told by, you know, showed by videotape, like that she had, you know, she's a Ukrainian woman, woman with eight children one second and then something else another second. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that it was a huge book in the 70s or something like that. But that's what we are. We're all just sim- Sybil, mm-hmm. but, you know, you don't know who's running your show. Mm-hmm. And this place gives you an opportunity to maybe see that and gleam something different. Well, Ray, as you introduced this, uh, you, you were laughing while you were doing it, but I know it means something to you. I know this is, has meaning. Uh, that we don't want the, the laughter to... Um, yeah, I de- but I, that's part of my symbol, you know, the discount of it, you know. That's one of my characters that I've witnessed throughout the years. It's just like I of late have been, you know, discounting you. That's another one of mine. Mm-hmm. But overall, I mean, I know it's a special place and I know there's something to be done here. You know, I have been seeing you for 19 and a half years, which I've kind of been hitting you over the head with lately. But um, there's definitely something worthwhile here. Okay. Um, so Ray is saying something serious of how he feels. He's using that movie or book, or it was both, about the many different parts of ourselves, something we absolutely talked about in here. We call them the many eyes, the many cells, the rogue cells, parts that take us over. And, and we have to, until they play themselves out, they do a lot of damage. Um, so Ray's kind of talking something in that general area that we've talked a lot about here. So the essential work of humanity is to locate and then remember uh, there's a deeper self. There's a self that can't be heard because the clamor of the mind, the treacherousness of the mind, this part can't get a full say in. It, uh, it needs a, 
I needed a kind of silence even to be heard. And not to be mistaken, not to mistake him just for the ego self, but a deeper self. I think the place where rage is, came from when he talked about that. Something is not racing it out with uh, a laugh. Um, it's a deeper part that can make itself known. Um, so the essential question behind all forms of art, social and psychological and all the things, is the lack of an awareness of this self, the awareness of a potential being self that we could work from. He's just using Ray as an example of when he, he started to laugh at the beginning, but then he, he stopped and he went further. And then he added things on. It's like that mode then now brought him into a little, kind of a little deeper place. He could have laughed all through it and erased it out, but he didn't. He went to a deeper place then. And that's kind of our situation of what we're doing. And yet the funny thing about it also is um, if you're in this kind of work, it's, it's, it's far, like for me, it's far easier to recognize stuff in other people. Yeah. And um, label it and dub it and run with it and... But that mirror can be really tough. And I've mm. been gazing in the mirror for nine months now, and um, it hasn't been a, a really terrific go. Mm. And um, it's quite painful, actually. But worth it. I mean, you're, you're, it's worth it because after a while, you really don't have another choice because mm. the other like the other sibyls in you or whatever you have going on that you relied on before or habits or or personas that you've built through the years, they, they're not going to wind up cutting it. Mm. Yeah. So you're going to have to go down this road sooner or later anyway. Yeah, and that's something we said last week. We just were introducing yoga. And yoga psychology has a lot to offer. Remember, 4,000 years ago. <clears throat> but you know where you can learn about yoga, Jim? You can learn about yoga on Amazon. <laughs> hey, you guys, this is Ray with Life Lessons with Jim Carolla. And this is a plea, because business is business, and our business isn't doing so well. So please help us out. You got that? And I'm not kidding. Help us out. So go to Life Lessons website and click through the Amazon banner and help us. Come on. Now that's a plea, and it's a good one. Do so. Thanks. Okay, so we got a little commercial in there. Um, Amazon. What was the commercial for? What's it for? What yeah, you already said it. Oh. Um, <clears throat> so, we, for example, last week I began with yoga, which is a wonderful. That's something for you podcasters out there. I can't tell you the importance of um, doing Hatha Yoga. Um, that's quite extraordinary. It really gets the body back in. Um, so one of yoga's primary ideas is that the intellect, the ordinary mind, contains within itself a principle of self-contradictions. Wow. Listen to that. It's, in other words, it's when the nature of the mind be self-contradictory, self-contradictions. I was thinking about that the other day because I was thinking um, 
you know, to be square with someone, mm-hmm. you know, and every, you know, and, and then, but yet everything's a concentric circle. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's a mashup of exactly what you're saying. It's just contradictory, continuously contradictory. It really is. If you look at it, it's enough to drive mm-hmm. one nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And that's right in the mind of ordinary mind. So remember, when you're stepping back and looking, you might find it. You can hear the contradictory part of it. Um, and um, the principle of one well, of his one that I I did a teaching about this a long time ago, but it was I think one of the best things I came across. I called it self-contradiction, um, self-contraction. I'm sorry, self-contraction. Um, where we, very early in life, before we had any even mind power, we began to um, get up tense and tight about uh, what was going on in our infant and early life. And there was no, there was no words to speak, and we got very... Um, tightened our muscles, tightened our face, developed armorings of tension and tissue and... Um, that we carry into adult life. I call that uh, self-contraction. And we can't, no one could beat that one. Some have, it be, some have it more than others, but it's the animal nature that contract when it's overwhelmed by something it can't handle. So we talked about self-contraction. Um, so you can see these, these general topics, you don't hear much about these. This is not an everyday occurrence that you hear about things like this. This is extraordinary. And um, so we thought you, we could bring you something extraordinary that might um, uh, have you want to do something about it, at least the very beginning part of it. The one thing about yoga is a rigorous system of mental and self-discipline, which has as its primary aim the complete uh, thinking principle to control the. Uh, but look at control the complete. Yeah, yeah, of, uh, of that principle. But look what would have to happen to ever reach that. So we're not at this moment saying you can do that with anything on this show, um, but. If it would motivate in the sense that could I have a, could I be with people or in a practice or the very beginning and step by step begin through the practices and paying the dues um, and that I can begin to get some freedom of mind. You know, with the contraction thing that you were speaking of earlier, um, super easy to to not see yourself contract, especially if you're out and about or, you know, for instance, we were speaking earlier before the show and Gary and I were kind of having a little little back and forth with each other. But yet that's like, that's a contraction right there, hmm. you know, and if you were able to see that and then see your posture and see your go-to stuff that you do, you know, yeah. or I'll do something... Like I know myself well enough where I'll, I will do a, you know, a power play or a, 
or uh, you know some clever jab or some fucking bullshit. But it's all it, that's contraction based out of defense, you know, for whatever you might might have had been dealt or not dealt. So I need to apologize to you, Gary. Apology accepted, and uh, I was absolutely not in the right myself entirely. So uh, water under the bridge, my friend. And then when and then we were speaking also, and Jim brought you know Jim had the last say before we went on air, and it, I mean, did you notice in your body right away, Gary, that that you seemed very much? I was much calmer and much more deeper understanding of the whole thing. Absolutely. Did you oh, get that right away? Absolutely. And couldn't you feel it in your body? Yeah, it was. A, I went from being physically tense to being relaxed. It, it was a, a very immediate and very real change. Okay, that's quite something. They're giving, um, they're giving us a really a situation that actually just happened. And they're talking about it now. And they both can more relax with it now. And see, right now, Jim, like there's that guy in me that wants to take it all away and say like, F you, Gary. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I'll, I'll, I have that stuff going mm -hmm. on in me. You know, just, just to defuse it because the part of me can't be with something that's pure like that. Mm. Yeah. And that's a good kind of final observation. The part, we all know that part. It's, it's not... A, it's one that's quite frequent in us. We have, um, even after something happening, there's another voice that comes up. And we need to see that too, just the way Ray did. He saw it, he didn't have to say it, but he revealed it. And something will relax from that. It'll be more so then. So it's a good kind of final ending to just the experience of the two of them, Gary and Ray, it ends on exactly what we've been trying to talk about the show. When things are handled right and people talk and we have a sense for the welfare of the other person, almost, um, oh, I can't think of that word. Um, Copacetic? <laughs> um, uh, my memory is, um, I have trouble with memory. Anyway, um, there is a certain kind of, one thing that this show did also emphasize was the way we treat each other, just the way they went through that little scene, how they, how at times we can't control ourselves and we do get a little mad and all kind of, um, but have a, in other words, have a reverence for another person, a reverence of meaning that can I feel a good will towards them, a reverence for life, everything around us, the animals. Everything. And a reverence for yourself. Don't leave yourself out of it. Right. And a reverence mostly for yourself because if you're able to do it for yourself, you might be able to do it for others. Okay, podcasters, this was a kind of an interesting journey we all went on. I'm glad we did it. And I'm, I'm thankful even for Adam. That, that hey, Jim. He, yeah. Thank you. Oh, Okay. There's not a lot of people that get a chance to say that, but you know, you put 
You said you said earlier that you put a lot of work into it from the preparation side and from the content side. And for all the listeners, that is very true. Jim shows up every week with two or three pages full of notes. He's obviously put a lot of time and thought into this. Dude, and this is like 12. This is hardcore, <laughs> handwritten, single-spaced. You know, Jim does his homework and wants to give you guys a good product and a good show. And, and so thank you, Jim. And oh, well, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, well, it was nice for you to mention that. I think he speaks for other people. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So as we as we stop this, we don't want to leave it on a negative note. You heard some good stuff, and you heard what Gary said. You heard what Ray said. You heard about their interaction, and they reached a place where there was a little more reverence for each other, and both admitted what they thought was right, and um, and relaxed from it. See, that's an important part about this work, also, that when something more pure comes, and not just a matter of blaming others. But more pure comes, there's a sense of relaxation in you. You literally back down and relax. And that's one of the most important parts of all. Okay, podcasters. So for Ray, for Gary, for myself, and thanks to Adam for having us go this long. Hey, can you do me a favor before you say bye? Can you end your goodbye with the word mahalo? I want you to say mahalo. Mahalo? Yeah. Okay. Did you hear that, folks? That's because Adam signs off every show with the word mahalo. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) So it's funny if you do it. You know, what what is it? Mahalo means bye in um, Hawaiian. Oh, okay. So I would say... Mahalo, but even more so, God bless you. Okay.